Welcome to another episode of Living Your Spark Second Half. I have a special episode today. I have my two daughters joining me. I invited them on because I want to talk about navigating change. And it's a time of year where we're entering where like it's fall, school season, not only a seasonal change with weather in many parts of the world, other than if you live on the equator, but in Virginia, where I live, we have a new season. It's my favorite, in fact, fall. And it also means going back to school. It means transitions for a lot of people, kids being dropped off at college, parents having to say another goodbye. Sometimes it's the first goodbye, and it's uh, sometimes uh, a big, big change of life. I'm talking to you empty nesters out there. Uh, but change is something that happens to all of us frequently. And sometimes it's change we want. Sometimes it's change that is put upon us that is unexpected and maybe unwanted. Uh, and it's how do we navigate that? Taking your kid off to college for the first time, for most of us who like our children and thought we'd never see the day it is unwanted. And so what other changes? Getting fired from your job, changing schools, having your kid go from one school to another, moving to a new neighborhood, moving to a new city, all kinds of change, uh, adjusting to a divorce, a partner dying as a recent guest of mine had to navigate. So changes, a lot of changes. And it's how we navigate those changes that is so important. And I thought my daughters could lend a little insight into that topic because they have both had some very serious changes in their lives in the last six uh, months. And actually in the last three months uh, were two situations. So one daughter got fired from a job and that was an unwanted change that she had to navigate. The other daughter moved from her place where she was born and raised, and she's just turned 39 right before she moved, and then also taking her oldest off to kindergarten, which is huge. I mean, you're you're maybe taking your kid off to college, and that's huge, but when your oldest goes from being really a baby... <laughs> Because in your eyes, going to a little preschool, it's it. They're still so small. They're still so. It's like when they go off to a kindergarten situation. It's like that's it. It's just the beginning of the end, in a way. The end of like eventual parenthood. You're like you're you're needed less, right? You're just you know you're trust you're entrusting the school system to take care of them going forward. Uh, it's such a different arrangement than being in daycare. Almost didn't put him in a kindergarten. She almost held him back a year. And she talks about what her mindset was and why she did that or why she was thinking that and what made her change her mind. And, you know, it's all these things. And I appreciate my kids because they are so much more thoughtful and aware of their thoughts and what is causing them to think certain ways and how they feel and how they're projecting that on their kids. 
they just do such a good job, much better job than I did when I was their age. And so I am so happy that they were willing and they're both work and have busy jobs and kids. So I wanted to see if they could join me for a short period of time. Of course, evenings aren't very good for them. So we picked like a lunchtime hour. So they were able to come on and we did. I don't often have two guests. I never have my kids on. I think actually one of them was on once, but it's been a while. But uh, my other one, she she's never been on. I thought she was going to be really resistant to it. And then at the end, she's like, can we do this again? So it might be a regular feature uh, that we come back on. We'll think of topics to share with you guys. If you enjoy this episode, let me know. Uh, but it's a little insight into navigating change and learning and meeting and hearing from my kids, who I'm so proud of and I love so much. So without further ado, here is Nikki and Corey. Hi, I'm Lori Wright, also known as Not Your Average Grandma. I created this podcast as a place for women in their second half of life to go to to receive inspiration. If you are at a place where you believe your best days are behind you, it is my hope one of these episodes will spark you to think differently and lead you to a new belief that your second half may actually be your best half. I want you to stop seeing your age as a limitation and start seeing it as your superpower. You have years of experience and value that the younger you never had. So it's time to lean into that and use it to fuel your future. No more letting age or circumstances hold you back from the pursuit of a more fulfilling and fun life. The happier we are, the better the world will be. So instead of settling for what you don't want, how about going after what you do want? Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. Today's episode is a very special one. I have my two daughters joining me today, and I think one of them has been on a while ago, my oldest, Nikki, and my youngest, Corey. So I'll let them introduce themselves, but I'm super excited because first of all, some of you have been listening to me. You might hear me talk about my daughters, but you haven't had a chance to hear from them. And I've made them swear to share how perfect I am. <laughs> no, I told them they can say whatever they want so they can share like maybe the damage I did to them when they were younger, because clearly I didn't have, I wasn't as aware of things as I am today. So I've had a lot of brain training in the last few years. And so unfortunately, these are my guinea pigs of when I didn't have any of that, but they've turned out pretty well, I am very happy to say. And I think one of the things I always say, and I always like to say to other moms is the biggest challenge, and they're both mothers now, is launching your kids into the world. And it's a hard thing to transition into and just like knowing or thinking or wondering if they're going to be okay, if they're going to be successful, if you're, you'll always have to pay their cell phone bill for the rest of their lives, or if one day they can actually pay it themselves. So welcome to the podcast, girls. Thanks for having us. I got away with you paying my cell phone bill for a really long time. I was well into my 20s. I thought I cut you off right after college. Not my cell phone. You called me up one day and you're like, we're going to meet me at Verizon. And I was like, 
No. <laughs> uh, well, did Corey suffer? Because I mean, sometimes the, the younger one, is, well, they say the younger one sometimes gets away with more because you're more stiff and stern with the oldest one. But then sometimes the youngest one, like if you stop doing something for the older, you're like, yeah. okay, the younger one. It, might, it was probably that, but I don't remember. Hmm. I mean, okay, cell phones so- were different then. We weren't even on iPhones probably at that point. So, oh, that's true. We, we had flip phones. Was that your first phone? Yeah. Yeah. Remember the pagers? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I'll tell like, you, you should, we should go around, share how old you are, how many kids you have, how many grandkids I have, my beautiful grandchildren. So of course, before I hit record, I had to check on the children. So yes. And I know you guys both work and I appreciate you taking the time to be here. So let's start with the eldest Nikki, and then we'll go to Corey. Hi, I'm Nikki and I'm 29. I'm <laughs> um, 41. Yes, and I'm like 42 or whatever. <laughs> I'm 41. I am a wife and mother of four. And I work remotely in social media for a tech company, a startup. Yes. Where do you yes. live? Oh, I live in Charleston, South Carolina. Beautiful area. And unfortunately, she moved away from me. Maybe that's a sign that I don't know. But it's a beautiful place. And she, I know you wanted to get out of the rat race in the yes. DC area. They were and raised in that. Yeah, you just went to another rat race though. At it's least turning in- into a, it, well, most people here, the jobs are, most people have remote jobs. It's very flexible, like balanced, I think good work-life balance here, but it is turning into a very popular place to move to. So it's growing yeah. very quickly. So it is kind of like Loudoun County, where we grew up, how quickly that grew. It's kind of, unfortunately, there's not going to be, there's not as much places to build though, because we're running out of land. Yes. Yes. And something you never had to deal with is hurricanes. You just had a hurricane situation, although Mm -hmm. it wasn't that bad. Yeah. But she left me and I remember crying when the van moved, you know, you stayed, you were in Charlottesville for a little while and you left with the kids and it was like one of the saddest days, but I'm happy. They're happy. The kids are so happy where they live and they're just wonderful little kidlets and their ages four to 12. So Mm -hmm. yes, she is the one who didn't know how to use birth control. (laughs) I'm not, I can't be on birth control because of my pulmonary embolism. That's right. Oh yes. Oh yes. The, the, well, we want to get like real. We want to talk about things like that. Right. So she did have a pulmonary embolism and almost died when she was the day before her 21st birthday. So that's a whole nother story. I don't know if we'll have time for that. All right. So Corey. A separate podcast. Yes. And Corey was there to save her life. So thank you very much, Corey, for calling me. me at work and saying something's wrong with Nikki. <laughs> All right. Hello. I'm Corey, the tattoo-free child. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. Is that your thank you. <laughs> I am... 39 um living and a half month <laughs> yes <laughs> yes 39 and a half i have two children they are two and five and i live in roanoke virginia newly live here so i moved here six months ago exactly almost and i work for lexus nexus ip it's our intellectual property business unit and I do content marketing for our global marketing team. Thank you. 
it's very interesting how you guys both ended up in the world that you are in, which is kind of similar, which I think you do because I, I was thought I was going to be an English teacher because my mom was an English teacher. It's kind of what, but you've kind of made your own way and done your own thing and been very successful because you know, clearly I, I have no influence in your success. <laughs> You're on your own. We've always done all we've always been in something that's content related or marketing related. Yeah. yeah I remember writing. you saying once Nikki to me, I never want to have a desk job. And I was like, good luck. You know, that's what I knew my whole life. And I didn't know that what I didn't know. So I didn't know we would have the internet. I didn't know that we would be able to carry laptops around and be on our phones while we're in the grocery line chatting at a meeting. So like that was far beyond my, sometimes I think about my grandparents and what they would think today. I saw something recently that somebody posted the Jetsons and like four different things that were on the Jetsons that were like so far fetched. And it's like we the, the things we do today, like Zoom like this. So one of the things I really and the reason I wanted to have you guys on here was because talking about navigating change, I think it's so important that when we are facing change, that we have the right attitude. And sometimes it's very hard because change can be very scary, very unknown. And I know this is a time right now where people are experiencing a lot of change. September is a lot of change. Kids are going back to school. Some kids, I, a lot of the people that I are my age that I'm seeing on social media, they're sending their kids off to college for the first time. Maybe it's their last year. So, you know, when you're in the college situation, I think taking your kids to college is one of the hardest things, one of the hardest transitions. And then, like I said, when I started launching kids into the real world after they leave college, but it's also the nest is emptying for good. Because when you're in college, you're still kind of attached. You're still coming home. And, and, and in some cases, kids, because of the pandemic, they're after college and they're still coming home and some people have to recycle to go back home. But you guys both, when you graduated from college, you moved out. So I didn't have any of that, you know, lingering opportunity. And so so I know that there's all kinds of change and you guys don't have college age kids, clearly. But you've both how, been what? How hard like I don't remember. Were you how emotional were you when we went to college? Were you Yeah, that's an interesting college? question. Yeah. I think it hit me after you moved, right? Because you were still we were coming back. And I think, um, I, and I, I approached, home. huh? I lived at home for a little bit before I moved to New York, right? Uh, yeah. Well, you guys, you moved into Arlington together. So did you go to New York and then come back? Or I can't remember. I went to New York and then I went to Charlotte and then maybe I moved back and then okay. I was but it, I think just for a summer. Maybe it was very long. Yeah. That yeah. was when you and dad were getting, going through your. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember you had your car in the garage because it got vandalized and the window oh, got yeah, broken. The cat took and it. the cat pooped in it and peed in it. And then we couldn't get that smell out for years. Smell I still have that car. Day, still bit. have that car. Yeah. But. Yeah. So I, I think with you, Nikki, being the oldest, y y because Corey was still around, 
you know, you were still coming back, but probably harder uh, on me than you. Yeah. I, I remember you. Yeah. Because your sister left your yeah. bestie left. And that's one thing about my kids is they were best friends and they had good friends too, but they were very close and I'm very happy about that. But I was hard, but it was a good time for our relationship too, Corey. I thought, so when the oldest goes off, there's that opportunity to connect with a child because you never had me alone Mm -hmm. your whole life until Nikki left school and they're two years apart in school. So, yeah. So I think for me, when you first went off to college, Nikki, what I focused on, and this goes to attitude is I focused on what was what I, I was focused on looking forward to something. What was new and exciting about this transition versus then, oh, she's not going to be here every day, or I'm not going to get to see her, or what am I losing? It was like, oh my gosh, she's going to, and I had a great college experience and I, my lifelong friends I met. And so I was so excited for you and to hear you calling me and saying, oh, I met this person and oh, my roommate's this. And, you know, and we had a chance to meet your roommate as we, you know, before, I think, I don't know if you communicated beforehand, but we met her at we emailed yeah you emailed and stuff so there was this excitement about the new adventure and so it was like I was on the adventure with you and I knew you were coming home now she went to Florida from Virginia to school so it wasn't like she could conveniently come home to do laundry on the weekends so it was like you were gone uh but we were fortunate enough to have the ability to go down and visit you a couple times. And then, of course, you came up for Thanksgiving and such. So I think I, my attitude was always like excitement for you all and what you were going to experience and the kind of living vicariously through you and being excited for that. And I think I also had a job that I enjoyed and it kept me busy and kept me focused on on that. So it wasn't like I was a stay-at-home mom and all of a sudden like, oh, my gosh, I have no kids to parent anymore. So, yeah, but I did miss what I really missed is the activities. You know, your friends were would come over. We would go. You guys were both very involved in sports. So a lot of our weekends were filled up with that. And so that was a big gap in my life on the weekends after you guys left. So that was really hard. So, yeah, but I want to talk about other changes, too, because you guys have navigated recent changes, I think, ex, is it excellently? Is that a good, is that a word? Excellently? <laughs> awesomely? Fantastically? But yeah, because, and you guys have the ability, you're just much more awake and aware than I was of your feelings and of your emotions and tapping into that. And your kids will probably be much better at life because they, you guys are really good at talking to them and to understanding them and, and not reacting and getting triggered very easily. And just, respectful parenting. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Yeah. Millennials yeah. Movement. Yeah. I mean, just always be the parent, right? Don't I think some make the mistake, but this was in my generation too, of wanting to be their friend more than their parent. And maybe I was guilty of that on a couple of occasions. But yeah, I, you know, you have to be the one in charge. And it's sometimes good to let them build a little character, right? Yeah. So, it's hard, though. Yeah. Um, 
So, so I want to start because Corey, you had a big, you've had two big transitions in your life in the past six months. You mm-hmm. moved from where you grew up. Yeah. Years, 38 years, 39 years. And well, I was there 50. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And so you moved four hours away and you were, I know you were really worried about your kids and the transition that would mm-hmm. cause. Um, and then you just sent your oldest off to big boy school, I call it. <laughs> but yeah, he went off yeah. to kindergarten. And that was a big debate in your head about, yeah. is he ready? Should I hold him back? Because he's got a late birthday. And you ended up, and I, I you went through that. I know it's really hard for you. So can, why don't you share? I don't know which one you want to start with, but I would love to share how you kind of approach those two things. And how did it turn out in particular, like when you were contemplating the move, Mm -hmm. like, you know, what was, what were your thoughts and how did it turn out versus what, you know, what you anticipated? Sure. Okay. Well, moving, that was something that my husband and I, we've been living in DC area for, well, he'd been there since he graduated. So it was 2006. And obviously I'd been there really indefinitely. I've been there always. And 1984. Yes. With some brief moves to Florida and I was at Radford for a little bit, but I was, you know, I would always visit home. So this is, I have not been back to the DC area since I moved. So this is the longest I've been away by a lot. So can I interject? I, the, the, difference I between, it. The, the difference between you two is Corey was always trying to get back home. Like she, she went to Florida, <laughs> stayed a semester, then kind of went closer school in Virginia was there like a year and a half, then came back to DC, went to American university. And Nikki was always like, I got to get out of Virginia. <laughs> I want to go you know, as far. Well, you stayed on the East coast, thank God. But I think your thing was warmer. I want to go warmer. Yeah. So anyways, yes. Okay. So we had been, you know, once we had kids and once m- much of our family had moved away, I think the only person once Nikki left, you know, you'd moved to Charlottesville, which wasn't too far. Dad was in South Carolina, but we really didn't have a whole lot of anything keeping us there. And, you know, once COVID happened, we both could, I was already working remote and then that was an option for Matt. So we knew let's, we wanted to move somewhere else and we had we had two, we had narrowed it down in two places was one was Charlottesville, which we love to visit. And then the other was Roanoke where Matt is from. And so we kind of just kept an eye on real estate and didn't have any solid plans on timing. We had been renting and we knew whenever, hopefully by the time our, our lease was up um, the next year that we could, we would have found something. And a house landed in our lap. It was word of mouth. Somebody Matt grew up playing soccer with had friends down the street that were splitting up and it just worked out. We went and looked at it. It was a beautiful day in October last year and we both fell in love with it and we thought it was perfect. It's a hundred year old house. So we knew we would probably have some work cut out for us, but it's also mainly like pretty up to date. So yeah, and I want to say too, like the pluses is, you know, Matt's parents live in the same neighborhood, yeah. which is great. And it is the most quaint, I don't know how to, how to describe it, but I feel like I'm going back in time when I yeah. go to your neighborhood. Well, a- we actually recently, I need to send you this picture we found of an aerial photo of our neighborhood 
from back in time when it was like still a lot of farmland. It's really cool. But yeah, so it was, there were a lot of reasons we decided this is the right move for us, which is being near Matt's parents. They also, the farm there, his family has a piece of property, just like 40 minutes outside of Roanoke that, you know, it was quite big piece of property that we knew we could help with the boys would get to grow up spending a lot of time out there. And so that's been amazing. He would get to go to, to the elementary schools down the street and Harrison and Colvin would get to go to the same elementary school as their grandfather and their dad. And so there's, there's just a lot of great things that felt uh, serendipitous about the whole thing. And yes, our street is amazing. It's kids everywhere, like store across the street, down the street. It's, and all the parents are great. We all have fun. I think what I had been here for like two months and I already got to go on like a girl's trip with some of the moms. And so it was not a hard, it wasn't necessarily a hard transition because we both knew it was the right one. It was time. It was time to make this change. The boys were young enough. Like Harrison was not yet kindergarten age. So we wanted to do, we knew like, let's do this before. And then it worked out because the, so the people we were buying it from the mom, she was still going to live in the house. And so she was able to rent it back from us and the timing aligned perfectly that our, our lease was up at our house and we moved that month. So we didn't even have any overlap on, on payments. Like we got, it was really like meant to be, I think. So, okay. Um, so this is yeah. my take. This is you describing yeah. it now with what you now know. But I remember, and Nikki, I don't know if you remember, but I remember her calling going, oh my God, I don't know if we're doing the right thing. And maybe this was when things still weren't settled completely, but you were so worried about the kids being uprooted because you had a great house. You had a little cute neighborhood and you were there for four, four or five years. I can't remember. So you, there was a lot of angst around making a big change on what it would do you know, how the kids remember that from you this. don't remember that it was, mainly, it was mainly around Harrison in his school. Yeah. Maybe I think school. for Harrison, definitely had, that was like one of a turmoil over that decision. No, with this one, I felt like the timing was perfect. Everything. Mm-hmm. I knew that the house we were in, we weren't going to be able to stay in long-term. I mean, I think maybe there were a couple of times where I was, I was like, would be great if we could just buy this house. And, but like, I was worried about the transition just not because I knew not because I wasn't sure if we should do it. I knew we should do it. I was definitely like still just worried about, you know, Harrison's a high feeling child, high, like highly sensitive. And I knew we were going to have to deal with a transition period. And I was mm-hmm. not looking forward to that. Yeah. So I think that maybe where, maybe what yeah. you're remembering yeah. is me just being like, how do like, how is this, how are we going to navigate this? And I knew, so we initially were going to be able to get them right into daycare at the church, which is at the end of our street. But then we found out that he, they actually didn't have room and they weren't going to be able to start at the daycare until the summer. And so that became one of the things that was kind of a speed bump in the process. We had to find different childcare for them before the summer. And that ended up working out. We found somebody, but I was still, I felt like, you know, there was going to be a lot of change in a short period of time. And so. And very uh, soon after you moved, he made a comment to you, right? Do you remember the comment he made? you shared with me something about him being really happy about I love Roanoke or something yeah 
uh, yeah, I love my new house or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. When we were one night he was going to bed. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's just like filled with kids. He didn't have, you know, a lot of friends that, I mean, he had his school friends and a great little school yeah. that he, but he didn't have a lot of like neighborhood yeah. friends and stuff. So like yeah. the corner that night, I remember, cause he'd had a little bit of, he'd been having some struggles. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of like kids, their struggles typically show up and not the most straightforward ways you kind of figure out, they say, go upstream with him. He's with his, with the kids and he was, he adapted really easily for the most part, but there were just like other things that I could tell he was, yeah, it was the move kind of manifesting in other ways. Yeah. So, so let's go over to Nikki now. We'll come back to you because I would like to talk about the struggle that you had with the decision to put him in school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it just so interesting. And I, I think what, as I remember you going, I remember us having a conversation when you were about the move and there was some time where they didn't know they'd get the house and they thought they didn't get it. And I remember you saying, and it was really a great mindset as you were like, well, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And uh, she never put it on the market. She threatened to put it on the market, but she never actually put it on the market. And I think she was trying to get you guys to come up in your price and you were like firm on your price and you were like, nope. And you walked away from it. And then she came back. So you had a really good, you know, attitude with that. But I knew that you were not so focused on all the, because we don't know what we don't know. And so you didn't, I mean, you, you figured it would be a pretty good neighborhood because you were getting feedback and Matt's friend lived in the neighborhood, but still you tend to think of all the bad case scenarios where my kid's going to be fucked up because, you know, I moved him when he was four. So you think about that. You don't think, oh my gosh, it, it was brilliant because we don't go there. But I want to come back and talk about the kindergarten thing because that's big. That is a big deal for your oldest to go off and do a, a big change like that. So Dickie was recently had a job change, which was a little bit of a surprise. But I think a good, I mean, it's always hard when you don't make the decision, but yet because the decision's made, I fully believe it's the universe doing. Well, what I, I had made the decision in my head. I just, had I know, executed on it. The decision and then it <laughs> I know. Totally- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you were all like shocked and I'm like, well, you know, I think it was on its way. So, yeah. Well, I don't think it was on its way. I think it was, I set boundaries and I was standing up for myself in certain ways. And I don't think it was welcomed. So yeah, I learned a lot of lessons through that experience and what I don't want. In yeah. Home, so. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and I think you too, you're a pleaser. She's always been a pleaser. Recovering. Yes. Yes. You, but you've been a pleaser. I'm not yet recovering. So <laughs> you're in recovery. It's always a recovery process. We'll never fully be healed. Of being fully still but I, it's the first time in, I ever stood up for myself. I think in, in a job where I expressed like being unhappy and just standing up for myself, making the decision to call a meeting, call two meetings. Like I never done that before. And so I'm like, if that's what got me fired, then, then so be it. Because I knew that I was taking a stand for myself and I was standing up for myself. And so it, it doesn't go from like perfect uh, 30, 60, 90 day reviews to all of a sudden, like, oh, we no longer need you because you're not happy and whatever. So I don't want to yeah. go into the nitty gritty of it, but yeah. Uh, and you thought it was a dream job. And it's, that's another thing where, you know, your, our perception is always wrapped up with 
kind of our previous experiences and it's not always reality, right? It's not, all, and it could be a dream job for somebody else, but in, in your case, you know, I think you just weren't aligned. And so you, it, it worked out for you, but when you're going through it, you know, you're like, holy crap, now what? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I've been there before, you know, I've went, got laid off when I was at AOL and well, that was like a total surprise. I just come back from maternity leave. That was devastating. And that ended up leading me into becoming an entrepreneur and like spending 10 years, like being self-employed. And I learned a lot through that experience. And it's always easy to look back. It's hard when you're going through it and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, this time around, there was no severance. There was like, just like peace out. I'm like, I got four kids. Like, oh my God, like, are you kidding me? Thankfully, like I'm smart with my finances now. I wasn't when I was younger, but I just immediately went into finding a new job. And that's just what I did. Like every day, I just looked for and applied for to tons of jobs. And I think that can be discouraging for people too, who are looking for a new job because it's like, do you apply and like, you don't hear from people or like they don't even send you a note or anything. So, I, I mean, I feel really grateful and lucky that I did find this job. And I do think because of the content that it's about, I think maybe some people probably didn't even want to interview or didn't want to, you know, give it a chance because it it's HVAC, like who it's not exciting. And when you're on social media, it's, you know, you want to do fun, exciting stuff, but it's really been, I've been up there about a month now, I think a few weeks and I have so much autonomy. Like I am a manager, I'm a manage somebody and it's just been and you great. have no meeting Wednesday in the afternoon, right now which is no unheard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, who does that? That's so fantastic because people yeah. get so like, they don't get stuff done because they have meetings all day and then they end up using their own time to get their work done. And it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I'm really grateful. My, my boss is just, he's amazing. And he wrote out this like whole, you know, like manifesto of like who we are, what we do. And it's just very like, you know, I don't expect you to work regular hours. You get your work done when you can. Like, I'm not going to be bugging you to be on the computer and just a, really a dream job. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I was sold a false bill of goods before. And now yeah, I mean, that's the other thing, too, is that I mean, you were let down because the things that you were that were agreed upon as part of the hiring were things that weren't fully they, the commitment didn't stick on those things. And so an example is like no meetings after a certain time because you've got kids and you got to do the nighttime routine because they like late meetings. And so, you know, it's just a lot of that. Just, you know, again, it comes down to alignment and a misalignment. And it sounds like even though your perception of this job you have now was like, oh, it's not the most exciting thing. And then you get in there and they have the same values. I mean, just like you're just really aligned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's also a good opportunity for me to like work in a like a larger environment with more people better protected through a real legit HR company. Yeah. (laughs) And also the experience to like be able to move into different roles. Like I, I just got asked to be the product owner of our YouTube channel. So I'm like creating a like one, it's called a one pager. And so it's like, I'm getting to do some product stuff too, which is kind of related to the social media, but it's also an opportunity for me to maybe eventually, maybe I 
go more into product and just going back to my roots at AOL where I was going to go into product and then I got laid off. <laughs> so it's been a really like easy transition for me. You know, I still have times where I think it's hard when you go through a tough transition or a tough experience to not look back and say, oh, I should have done this or I should have said this or like, how did that happen? Like what, like what, and replay the whole thing in your head, like over and over. And it's so funny because I had like, a, I, I go to therapy, I go once a month. And I remember like I had canceled my appointment. Cause I was like, I feel I'm fine. Like, I don't really need to talk to her about anything. And then, and then that happened. And I called back and I was like, can I like, can I reschedule my appointment? Can I, is it still available? And they're like, yes. And I got in there and like, it was, it's nice to have that support of somebody who's like r- removed from your, the situation, like just a third party who can just listen to you and talk to you about it. And, and she like, you know, she told me, and I knew, you know, this, like, as the time goes on, it'll get less and less, like, you'll think about it less and less, it'll get less and less hard. And it's so true. And, but I still, it still pops up sometimes. Like back then I was like, I couldn't sleep. That's all I could think about. And so, but that's also when you're in a situation where you're like, I lost my main source of income. Like, what the fuck am I going to do? I got to find a job, got to find a job. And then, but I just feel like I had to kind of lean in and trust that like, it was going to work out for me. And if it, if I, I couldn't find a job, you know, in what I'm supposed to be doing or like what I'm trained to do, like maybe I go like, I don't know, get a job at Costco or something. Like they probably give me a good discount for all the food I buy at Costco. <laughs> like I'm not the at least like waitress. You get like good tips. I will then you have to work at night. I don't know. You could, I could yeah, that's true. Sometimes I look at the people that work at Costco and they seem really happy. I know they take care of their people. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing is you didn't have, I mean, there's so many things. You got a big raise, you got uh, family health insurance, you only had individual. So like there's so many pluses that came along with this big hiccup, which wasn't something that you would have done as soon. I think I agree you would have done it, but you know, the universe intervened and I think that's great. One of the things, and this is true, so true of both of you guys, you're so action oriented. If you got to do something, you get it done. And so that's so nice. I didn't because I would not say that of myself. Like I, but I know I'm hard on myself. Yeah. I get stuff done. But at the same time, yeah. I, like I want to do so much more and I don't. I definitely am. But I will say that I do procrastinate. So yeah, there, that's probably what it is for me. But like, when the yeah, shit hits the fan, like it's getting done. And so, oh, yeah. yeah. And so I would like to work under pressure. I would like to know, Nikki, what you learned from that experience about yourself or what did, was revalidated about yourself. I think, well, I think sometimes like Corey said, you're always the most hard on yourself. And so I think sometimes like, especially if you're going through an experience, like where you got let go, you got laid off, whatever happened, like it's easy to beat yourself up and feel like it's your, like there's something wrong with you or like, you know, you feel like a sh- maybe you're like a charlatan. Like, do I not deserve to like this job? Was it not charlatan? Like, is that the right word for that? <laughs> you feel like an imposter like, syndrome. Isn't that like a sex thought or something? Like- <laughs> no, a charlatan. No, let me Google like, it and see what that means. A charlatan charlatan is like a like a fake like a person who pretends to be something they're not, right? Yes. yes. So you feel like an yes. imposter. Like <laughs> you're like them. You have imposter oh, syndrome. You feel. I thought so, it was like, gosh, like I'm a, a little prostitute. bit smart sometimes. Can we edit that out? <laughs> <laughs> <That's a copywriter>. What? <laughs> Is it Miss Copywriter? <laughs> I know. Right? Those are so vocabulary. I, we'll just say it's a brain fart. You know, I know you're getting to be that age where that happens. 
So anyways, yeah. I, I feel like there could be a lot of imposter syndrome. So like going through and going through the job hunting process can be defeating in and of itself. And then you also, so that's piled on top of that. Yeah. It's like a rejection right? big yeah. and then many little, 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 yeah, little like all of those. And then you cuts. can be like looking for months and months. So, but I do think like in my experience, at least going through the interview process. And I feel like I, it was the only company I heard back from a couple people, but it was the only one that I went through the interview process with. And it, like after the first interview, they like, I heard that they thought I was amazing. They wanted to hire me. And like, I had to go through three additional interviews, but it just like revalidated me and that I am good at what I do and I do deserve this position. And so I think it's just kind of like the imposter syndrome comes up a lot. I think also for, if you're a people pleaser, like constantly feeling like mm. that you're not living up to what you think you should be, or that you're never going to be good enough. And so it's just like working through that. Brene Brown helps a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I would like you to just take credit for that because you, uh, you know, as a mom, I, it breaks my heart when something happens to my kids, like you are moms, you know, and so getting, knowing you lost your job, it was like, oh my God, you know, it occupies all my thoughts. I still remember when you got laid off from AOL. I remember the day because it was my birthday. Valentine's called me. Yeah. He called me and on my birthday and said, I got fired. And so, yeah, us moms remember those things. So, but I didn't have any doubt that you wouldn't land on your own two feet. And I knew it was the best thing for you. So yeah, I, I wasn't happy that. there either. I mean, I, every time I've had, I've mm-hmm. been, I wasn't happy. It was like, I was yeah. ready. It's just like the universe was like, all right. Yeah. Start. And that's what happens, yeah. right? Really, Did you yeah. learn that about the universe? The universe like, intervenes. So it's bad timing. Yeah, it's never good timing, but you could have created the reality you wanted by pushing things along when you knew that it wasn't aligning. So that's another thing. So let's switch gears back to Corey. And Corey, I want to hear about how you navigated this whole kindergarten thing. Because you you were like super worried about it. You were like freaking out. <laughs> yeah, I think there it's one of those examples of really, I was doing everything I could to try and get other people to tell me what to do. Yes. Get uh, like anecdotal evidence from other people's experiences and like really realizing that it's different for everybody. Every kid is different and you just need to make the decision on your own based on what you know about your kid. And so, and I think for me, like why it was also such a delayed decision was because, because I had been going back and forth and he had, he really had like start, he really liked the preschool that he was, that we had finally been able to get him in over the summer. He's really happy there, but I knew he was complaining about rest time and I knew he he didn't need rest time. And, and I just looked at all of the evidence of him in the past of how he's dealt with change. And even though he does typically have a transition period, which we all do, he really adapts and he does, and he gains confidence from it. And so I decided like, you need to put the blinders on and focus on your kid and not worry about what, who X, Y, and Z, what they're doing and just really make the decision for yourself. And so, and I know because I had registered him late and I got the information late and, you know, there were a lot of other variables that made it, gave me a lot of anxiety around it. I just wasn't feeling prepared. 
And I felt like I wasn't able to prepare him because of that. But it's funny because now that we're like a couple of weeks in, I've realized I actually think the lack of preparation on from his end was better because kids in Harrison is like this is like they get in, they anticipate and they get that anxiety of like, and they don't really have a great concept of time. So I feel like if he had known earlier, like you're going to kindergarten, you're going to start a new school. He would have been like, is it time yet? When is it happening? And we probably would have had like a less peaceful summer because of it. So I think just telling him like two, like it was literally like two days before, like you're going to kindergarten. <laughs> like, yeah. Know, and I remember you were like, I'm not, I'm, I think you said, I'm not ready like, for this. I'm so unprepared. I mean, I was felt really unprepared, but I just kind of, I knew I had to, I couldn't let him know that I was, I felt that way. And so I did, I just made it kind of my big mom pants. And I was like, this is what's happening. This is your classroom. This is your teachers. And she great. And she was great too. That was a big part of my, helped my decision a lot was meeting her. She's amazing. And even Harrison, like one of their little like homework assignments was to like, just ask them about like their favorite thing about school. And his was his teacher. So I think he's really happy there. And, and does it help? Yeah. She has three boys and one of them is named Harrison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. That yeah. I remember one thing that I remember that I was so proud of you for saying is because I was in the holding back court. Yeah. You and were. I was kind of pushing that because I thought that based on what you were telling me, I thought that people were pushing you to send him and that you were more, your gut was like, no, I need to hold him back. But that wasn't kind of the accepted, uh, you know, situation. Uh, and what you said to me, which changed my mind was, no, mom, I think this is my fear. I think this is my fear. Do you remember this? Yeah. Of letting go of this stage of his life. And that was so, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it was a, all fear-based. He was chose like, faith uh, over fear. Faith over fear. It was <laughs> all fear-based. <laughs> that he was going to have a hard time. Thank you for that plug, Nikki. <laughs> Go listen to last week's podcast. Faith over fear. <laughs> uh, we're touching on all the themes, all your favorite. Yeah. No, I because I, I realized I was like, it was fear-based and they were all selfish, really, because I was scared about like the transition again, like having to deal with that. I was wanting him to be, I loved that him and he and Colvin were together at school. And I didn't like, I only had that for such a short amount of time. And then I was like, Oh, I'll get another year with him when he's 18. It's all those, all of these were like very self-serving. And I also, yeah. And then knowing like he's fear, like, yes, he might have a hard time at first, but like kids are resilient. And we know that like this builds character and he, like, he is, already built confidence from this. I know like he came home the other day and he's like, mom, I think I'm learning how to read. <laughs> like, he's really excited oh, so to cute. learn to read. So yeah. yeah, I just kind of was like, I'd have yeah faith over fear. And I realized like you're really only keep, and people told me either way, like it wasn't like everyone was like, hold him back or send him. A lot of people said, hold him back, especially because he's a boy, but I'm like, I don't know. I think he's pretty like my every parent says their kids advanced, but he is, I think, like for his age, emotionally mature and in like academically yeah. 
where he should Well, be. the other thing too you were saying is that when he did fall asleep and he didn't usually fall asleep at his daycare no, like that every- he would like go to bed so late and then like now he's hitting the hay earlier and you know it so just nice. seems like yeah mentally yeah. literally better. the second day i was like this is the best decision ever <laughs> <laughs> see after the fact see push yeah. through in faith and then yeah. you'll find out yeah so thank you for sharing your different changes and there'll be many more let me tell you and you guys i mean Corey, you're gonna be 40 your next birthday nikki you're 41 your husband's 45 or almost 45 yeah, yeah. And you guys, you're like qualified now to be on my podcast. So you're entering your second half. I say anybody over 40, because you. I think when you get to that age, you start thinking about how do I want to live the rest of my life? So on that note, what do you, in terms of when you think that, how do I want to live the rest of my life? What do I want to do next? I mean, you're just starting a new job. Maybe that is, you know, the question is, I just want to like get comfortable with my new job. But um, when you look forward, you posted this thing on social media and it kind of made my me tear up about the middle mom. It's so profound. So uh, what do you, Nikki, uh, want of your next 40 years? Oh my God. That's such a loaded question because I feel like I'm still so much in survival mode with, I have these two older kids that like if I had stopped having kids, like I'd be sleeping in every morning, do everything about They're just, you know, independent. And then I have these two younger kids. And so it's like, and one of them's still in preschool. So I don't even have, a, she's not at school all day. And so I'm still kind of like just waiting for her to get to school. So like I can have more time to like myself and work and whatever, because it's kind of like the three and a half hours goes by so fast when she's at school. So I'm still feeling like I, I can't even look ahead that far. I think it'll also be weird because Molly's got one more year of middle school. So I think when she gets into high school and then she's like starting to like figure out what she wants to do next in her life, then I think it'll, and then I'll have all the kids in school. And then I'll think that will give me more time to think about where, what do I like want with the rest of my life? But I think for now, I'm just kind of like living day by day, like, let's get through, you know, I just, Eleanor, literally, we made another sleep chart because she's in our bed every single night coming down in the middle of the night. And she's four, four years old. And I'm like, you do not need to be doing this. And so like the last two nights, she slept in her room, like all night long. And I'm like, she's been conning me this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to get, get yeah. up and take her back upstairs. I'm tired. Because yeah. we have a floor master for anybody who doesn't know my house. Our, our primary bedroom's on the main floor and then they're upstairs. So I guess I know that's not a great answer because I don't, I've not, I haven't thought about it. And just let's survive. Let's get all living in a house with four children is hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, and so it's just you know, living day to day and how can we keep the peace as much as possible and keep, you know, everything moving and grooving. Like literally we have soccer on Mondays, tennis on Tuesdays, soccer on Wednesdays, tennis on yeah. Thursdays, hip hop on Fridays. It's just like, you know, we're just in that season of life. So yeah, that's sometimes what causes midlife crises. <laughs> yeah. So just make sure to take that's care of yourself. I play a lot of tennis myself. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. You have gotten into tennis and that is great. And you have your friends and I love that. So Corey, what about you? What are you looking forward to as you navigate entering your 40s? You guys are both have such young kids. I was, when I was your age, 
you guys were about to head off to college. So you had kids a little later. And so maybe your midlife crisis will come in your 60s. (laughs) What? We had fun in our 20s. That's right. You did have fun in your 20s. Dancing on tables at bars. (laughs) Not for for money. We were like actively yeah. willing to do that because but that's like, okay if you choose to do that too it is um, okay. well well yeah we should tell this a funny story nikki met her husband in a at a bar crawl the saint patrick's bar crawl and Corey met her husband on a soccer field they had graduated from college and nikki was the captain putting this team together and she was picking out the guys for the team and she was basing it on how cute they were so uh, Nikki found. I, I think you'd also got some inside information that he was a good soccer player too. Oh, okay. Okay. He but played yes, in college. She yes. said that she also yes. liked the photos. Yes. <laughs> yes. So did you have any like insight or, I mean, I'm sure you're excited about your new life in Roanoke. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think a lot about like, what do I want to do? Like, what's my purpose? Probably because I have a mom who likes to tell, to help people find that. So I think about it a lot right now. I, yes, I don't think she's in her purpose right now. So I've had conversations about I mean, that. I do, it's like, scary I, to, yeah. I like what I do. Am I doing it like, you know, at the place that I want to be doing it for yes. long term? Like, no, I, but I like, I think what I do, I, for me, I'd love to do it somewhere that's like, like a start, the startup where there's a little bit more focus or, you know, passion about what that's being built. And then that's, could be built yeah. in, you know, like as an AOL situation. I know that's like a unicorn and rarely happens. What did you love to do when you were a child? Make videos. What did you love to do in the furnace room where we had an old computer? <laughs> Play on the computer. I don't know. Write do stories. Oh, like write that's stories. your write. Yeah. You're, you are a writer deep inside. And one day, someday, but hopefully it's not. Yeah. Too I know far I need away. to do more writing. That's not. You even had a book idea. And had an outline. What? You even had a book idea and an outline when you were. I did. I feel like it was like a fantasy book, and that's just been so tapped into. I don't know if that'd be the route. I think I would need to do like beach reads or something. She's talking herself out of it. What that ego, her logical mind is getting in the way. But anyways, I just that you know that always comes up for me about you, and just food for thought. One thing that we have. One thing before you say something, I think too seeing you like what you've done since you were our age like it's so hard to to like say oh I want to do that like you've gone through so many different stages of life with since you turned 40 it's like how can I say oh this is what I want to do for the rest of my life yeah sure because I'm like there's so many evolutions to be had like let's just go with the flow and see where life takes us I like that I like that. Well, I would say have dreams that you know what you want to do. Like, what's that trip you want to take? What's that thing that, you know, you want to try? Taylor Swift heiress show. Yeah. So let's talk about Hanson before we leave, because we have to talk about Hanson. What it's not going to be a good podcast episode with you all if we don't touch on Hanson. So if you don't know who Hanson is, I don't know what your problem is. (laughs) No, Hanson is a boys group that my girls fell in love with. Way more than a boys group. Uh, Yes, they're they're a musical group. Very talented. I'm sorry I was not giving them enough kudos. But they, when you started following them, they were very young. Like the youngest boy. Shaped their lives. Yes, shaped their lives. I spent a heck of a lot of money on Hanson concerts. We went all around the 
not the world, but the country, going to hands and concerts. But actually, my girls met Pat Benatar's daughter backstage at one of the concerts and they no, became friends. We met Molly, her friend. Backstage. Yes, yes, that's true. Um, and then, yeah, <laughs> Pat Benatar's daughter was the vice president of a newsletter, a handsome newsletter, right? And Molly, the the girl we met was the president. Yeah. And so my girls ended up going over to Pat Benatar's house and hanging out with Pat Benatar. And you actually, we went to edamame. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) You remember that? And then Pat Benatar came to like an hour from my house. Remember we went to see her and we got to sit, we got to sit on the bus with her and her, her husband. What's his name? Neil. Neil. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And then we, I got to sit on stage with you guys. Remember that? That was so much fun. I felt like really important. So anyways, so I'm at Trump Taj Mahal. <laughs> yeah. In Atlantic city, right? Yeah. 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 Who we, we saw who? Pat Benatar. We did? Dad's birthday, right? Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. I totally forgot about that. We got so many backstage so many passes things. and stuff. We went to oh my gosh. Yes, we did. And we saw like Kim Cattrall in the bathroom there, I think. Like, what Yeah, else? you guys went oh, to the we, Grammys. I, I got tickets Grammy. at a silent yeah, auction and gave you guys. After walking the red carpet. I, I'd let my kids go to the Grammys. If it was the Oscars, you would not have let us go. No, would. I probably would have wanted you guys to experience it. I, that's oh. always the mom I, I was. But anyways, that was your, was that your 18th birthday, Corey? Was that a gift or your 16th birthday or something? I don't know. I think 18 or it might have been. 20. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So back to Hanson. So Hanson is still doing music. We went to a concert. Well, Corey and I went to a concert. What? Within the last year. Yeah. Within the last year. And it's so funny to see these kids that have been following these boys who are now parents and have zillions of kids of their own to, to go to these concerts and see the kids that were 12 and 13 now who are parents and bringing their 12 and 13 year olds. So the next concert we go to Nikki, you have to bring Molly. I don't know if she'll want to, <laughs> but she you know, like I, Burke's a handsome I mean, thing, right? I mean, sometimes I'll be like, mom, is this the band you like? We just listen to Taylor Swift all day long. So that's who they're into. Not the boys. Burke. Yeah. Burke but that's so cool good. because it makes me think about like how, it was with Hanson because as a mom, you just want your kids. You want to be with them. You want to experience, you want to have them to have fun. And when they have fun, you have fun. And it's just like an experience. I know you're going because the four-year-old, you know, she can't really go to a concert and it's hard to get tickets anyways, but you're going to the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she knows all the dressing words. Up. We're dressing up. We're doing bracelets. My bracelets, I ordered them on Amazon and they've been delayed. And every day, mom, when are the beads coming? And I got a little bead machine, so it makes it easier to make bracelets. And we're. Just and what did she at- say when you told her you got tickets? She said, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna cry. I'm so happy. I'm crying." Eleanor <laughs> did. This is the movie. She's so excited. Yeah, but she watches that Temptation concert on Netflix all the time, and so it's kind of like that, but like on the big screen. And you know, she's blood she's in movies once. What? Yeah. I said the groupy blood is within her. The groupie. Yes. Yeah. She did ask, will Taylor be there? And I was like, no, it's just going to be like, it's going to be like the Netflix thing, but at the movie theater, but it's going to feel like an experience because I know according to TikTok, it's, we're treating it like an era's concert. So we're, we are dressing True. up, we're going yeah. all out, we're singing, yeah. we're dancing. 
Yeah. And so I want it to be like yeah. when we would put on Tulsa Tokyo in the middle of nowhere in our guest room, <laughs> pretend we were at Hanson concert. Yeah. That's what it's going to be like. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I was actually thinking about that first tour. What the 1998, Mom, you were. ADM tour. Is, what? The one that was at Nissan Pavilion? Yeah, no. Nissan Pavilion and like Hershey Park. We went yeah. to like quite a few of the shows. I was thinking, Mom, I think you were like 39. You were the same age I am now. Oh, so crazy to think. Well, that is Whoa. crazy. Wow. Yeah. Th- Nikki missed the first concert we went to, which was kind of sad, but you made up for it. We still have that tapes. tape that we got. Of yeah. She was. Saying hello. Pro- I don't know. Hello to Nikki. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Say hello. to. That's right. We went backstage to the meet and greet and I we got devastated. him to say it. But you are a school. You're at a school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's Eleanor. And, if you're on, if you're on YouTube, she just showed on her phone a picture of her daughter holding a Taylor picture. But yeah, so Taylor Swift, not Taylor Hanson. <laughs> there's still like there's Taylor Hansen. Hansen yeah. yeah, but yeah, so you, you were in a, on a school trip to Honduras, so you had a legit reason for not being there. But yeah, we made up for it. We had fun. You guys were great kids and I had a ball with you. And that was also part, you know, when you have kids that you love being around, the, it, it makes, it's like my best friends left, you know, it's like, and then you went on to find new friends and Not you just far away. kind of have to navigate that and Is accept it? it and reach back out, make new friends or reach out to my old college besties who still are in my life right now. And one of my pretty busy mom. Yeah. One of my college besties, her daughter is getting married in November. So we're going to her, that wedding. So there's always like something him? to look forward to. Huh? Daughter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. yep. So I think, and that is another thing is you wouldn't have gone to the college. You hadn't gone to Nikki, if it weren't for my college roommate and we, she lived there and we went, Oh, we should go visit this college and ended up where you ended up. So oh, yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing your recent huge changes. And hopefully, you know, it's going to help people with a change they're navigating. Any last words, each of you have a sentence or two about the, as you approach a change, having experienced positive changes that maybe were difficult as you were navigating them, but they turned out so well, what would you say in a maybe a sentence or any quote or any comment that you would give to a listener who stayed to this long listening to us? So Nikki, you want to start? Find a good therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Find a good thing. Yeah, she really believes in therapy. So that's good. And gummies, right? (laughs) (laughs) You thought I didn't know. I know about your gummies. What? You talked to your other daughter about gummies. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't have any. (laughs) Want to send me some? (laughs) I actually don't have any right now, but I need some. So we're not, yeah, we're not so into gummies that we keep a stash all the time, but we do approve of those as, you know, maybe in place of some other medication, but what's your mind would be, well, from recent experience, I think there's a lot of things, but one from recent experience would be, you don't always need to sometimes too much feedback. Isn't necessarily beneficial. 
Ah, so I would good. say limit your surveying sometimes to those who you trust the most or who you feel like can give you the the best feedback. But it you know just finding more people isn't necessarily going to help you make your decision better. Like you yeah. probably need to go more when it's when it's really tough. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is so true. I'm glad you said that because I think when we're taking other people's advice, we're not listening to our own gut. As Nikki yeah. said, trust your gut. It's a lot of noise. And I think sometimes though, when it helps us know what we want, because if we're somebody's saying something and we're like, I eh, know it kind of like validates what we, but I just think asking somebody else for advice doesn't mean ignoring what's coming up for you. Mm-hmm. So great point, Corey. That was really true when with that school change thing. Yeah. All right. Anything else besides seeing a therapist, Nikki? I, I do agree um, with therapists. I went to marriage counseling, helped us a ton. I have a therapist too. Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, I think seeing a therapist just says, I'm okay to admit I, I have work to do and mm-hmm. we can't see our blind spots. It's like going to the gym for your brain. That's how I look at it. Exactly. I think like your generation has such a like, well, not all of them, obviously, because I know there's been a lot of growth in your generation, but I think traditionally it's been, you don't go like, that's shameful. Like you don't talk about it, especially like your parents' generation. Like, oh my God forbid, if you went to a therapist, like you're- Deal with it. Yeah. 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 I think it's like- Be strong. That it's, you know, encouraged. I think therapy is being strong. That's yes, nice. good. Yeah. Good. I like that. that. You want a subjective. How do you find a therapist? I know that we were very lucky in finding um, if you our go first. On psychology, we... I think it's psychologytoday.com. I think mm-hmm. you can like, it's a whole like service provider and you can, there, I think there's even reviews and that's how I've always found yeah, mine. I found my interview. current one because that's for. I take my kid and they, I was like, I think I need to see somebody and they would recommend it based on knowing me and like what I was looking for. They kind of paired us up. So, and I love, go ahead. It's nice to just to have that. Like, it's not your husband. It's not your mom. It's not your sister. It's just like a person who has no, like had nothing to do with your life. And she can give you, you know, help you recommend books or like help you with like working through things that nobody else can help you with. And for, especially for somebody like me who could like so easily push things under the rug or just like mm-hmm. bury them, it helps like, have that release where it's yeah. like, like get everything out. Yeah. And I love how you did that for one of your kids who was exhibiting things that, he, you know, he was just having trouble dealing with his emotions. And she was like, well, if I'm not, you know, getting through to him, maybe somebody else can and teaching him how to talk to a there that's such an amazing thing that he'll always know that he can get help and i i love that i think that's so important and i think a lot of people don't do that with their kids when they need to when their kid is struggling and starting young i think is a great idea so yeah yeah Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you so much. I love you. I love talking to you. So having this hour with you has been a treat for me. And I know you took your time. So I appreciate it. Should we do like a quarterly series? We all like get together. And <laughs> What's going on? I think, a good, I think a good one would be like navigating adult <laughs> relation, like adult child relationships. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Listeners, what they think about that? Because I know yeah. like 
some people don't have as close of a relationship with their adult children. And maybe we could like talk about that. That's like a hot topic. Sometimes I see articles about it. So yeah, maybe it's on the- a new platform. I want to keep going with it. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny because I thought you were going to be the one that was like, oh, I don't want to do this. And me? Oh, I thought it was no, good. No, oh, Corey, because you were on once before. I think we talked about crystals or something, your crystal stuff, maybe. But yeah, she's a crystal healer. Little do you know, she's she does that. Nikki does. And Corey does great imitations of people on Saturday Night Live. So that was another thing that you've done. You've done improv and that's another fun thing. You're very creative, Corey. So that's what you are. Please. All right. We are, well, actually, we're all creative. We're all yeah, creative. Yeah, you guys are too. I don't know. Yeah. You always prop me up as the most creative, but I don't think I deserve that accolade. You're my favorite. <laughs> I know that's not true. <laughs> you know that's the trick is you say that to both. No, you should never say it to either of your kids yeah. because you love them equally. So I never have had a favorite. I've had a favorite on some days. <laughs> favorite to do certain things with maybe. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know. Corey lives closer to me now. She didn't move so far away. I don't think I see you at any more frequency, though. Well, maybe I do than Nikki, but yeah, I don't think you I do. You do. Yeah. You see me more. Which, by the way, I think we chose our weekend to visit. So I'll follow up with you on that. Okay. Yay. All right. Love you guys. Love you. Ta ta. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for tuning into the Living Your Spark second half podcast. If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Not Your Average Grandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, Remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place.